0: Thank you for joining me for another all-new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. I'm your guide today, Laura Bender. So today, our guest is Jenny Lee, who is an award-winning author of three different books: um, Spark Change, uh, 108 Proactive Questions for Spiritual Evolution, True Yoga, which is practicing with the Yoga Sutras for happiness and spiritual fulfillment and Breathing Love, Meditation in Action, which she kind of refers to in our conversation today. Um, So she's also a certified yoga therapist, spiritual coach, who's also counseled private clients worldwide for over 20 years. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Jenny, and I'll check in with you on the other side. So, hi, Jenny. Uh, thank you again for being a guest on the podcast today. So, I wasn't wondering if you wouldn't mind just sharing with the listeners a little bit about your journey with yoga and meditation.
1: Hey, Laura. Yeah, I'm so happy to be with you today. And um, ha- hello to everyone who's listening. Um, sure. I've been. It, practicing yoga in one form or another for over 25 years. I found it as many people do through a very strong physical practice of vinyasa yoga in, in Los Angeles, California. And, um, then, you know, pretty quickly after a year or so of, of strong physical practice, I started getting curious about some of the deeper teachings of, of yoga philosophy and, um, was going through a period of difficulty in my own life, some struggles in my marriage at the time and, um, a difficult pregnancy. And so was really searching for answers and support and started studying the yoga sutras, which ultimately has become kind of my field of study for many, many years. And, um, the, my first book, True Yoga, was based on a cross-comparison of five different translations of the Yoga Sutras and my own personal study of those teachings for many, many years. And as I, um, when I started my own yoga studio many years ago in the Boston area... Um, I was always looking for ways to bring those teachings into my classes and give people an understanding of of how yoga related to the bigger picture of their life, and not just you know, the movements on the mat. Um, and deepening the under you know people's understanding that yoga and meditation are not separate practices, but that meditation is really the ultimate yoga practice the ability to be still. And um, so that's an ever deepening uh, <laughs> test to do all of us every day. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, definitely my personal practice every day, as well as as well as some movement. So, yeah, it's just a little synopsis, but I'm happy to go deeper in any aspect of that, that might be you think might be of interest. So, to your uh, listeners. Yeah,
0: I always kind of I'm one of those kind of people that I really like to dig down, like what, um, so you kind of mentioned you were in it, like you had a powerful, you know powerful vinyasa practice. That's kind of like where my background was as well. And so what, I guess, made you take that shift a little bit? So, you know, you're I'm assuming you're kind of into yoga therapy and things now. So like, what made you kind of go that direction?
1: Well, like I said, I was going through some really difficult times in my own life personally and searching for answers um, you know, sort of philosophical answers about yeah. what life was about, what our true purpose is, who we are as, as as beings, and why we're here. And um, so, when I started studying the Yoga Sutras, that really made so many other things make sense for me. I had studied religion and philosophy for many, many years. And, um, actually at the time that I was beginning my yoga practice, I was also in a master's program in spiritual psychology. So it was the blending of both spiritual psychology and the yoga philosophy that ultimately took me into my practice of yoga therapy, which I've offered to private clients for over 20 years now. And, um, I just found that the yoga teachings are are like the best therapy that you can possibly imagine. You know, they're yeah. thousands of years old. These are time tested practices that of ways in which we can bring our inner and outer lives into alignment and balance and find greater peace and fulfillment. So, I mean, that's what's been my path for twenty two decades now. It's what mm-hmm. I've taught, and uh, you know, I really really trust the material. So awesome. I love hearing that.
0: Um, so, how can yoga and meditation improve someone's relationship to himself and others? I know we kind of talked about that. You know, you were struggling with some things that, and you turned to that kind of for guidance. So, how do you feel that someone else could to, could use that?
1: Well, the Yoga Sutras definitely. Um, and when I'm when I'm referencing the Yoga Sutras, I'm talking about the classical eight limb path of Patanjali, and um, those teachings are what for me certainly brought me into an understanding of my true self, my spiritual self. And so as we become more connected to that, we really operate in our physical human relationships quite a bit differently um, because we can't see ourselves as a spiritual being and not see the person in front of us as a spiritual being as well. And so if I'm relating, let's say to my husband as, the flawed human that he is as the flawed (laughs) human that I am um, we're going to have conflict, which is why we see so much conflict in in all human relationships because we're operating from a very ego based standpoint of knowing ourselves as separate self. But the yoga teachings are very clear in saying that we're all part of one consciousness. And as we begin to have an experience of what that means through meditation then, when we come into those human conflicts in our in our personal relationships, we we can take a step back and just pause and sort of witness the personalities at play, but then not go so quickly into the story. And we can take a little distance, practice some things like non attachment and um, witnessing, and just approach the 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 personal conflict from a a higher perspective and go, Hey, you know, we really are all in this together. We are all part of one consciousness. How can I see this person in front of me from the most loving standpoint as a soul on their own journey here, you know, going through their own challenges. How can we reach towards that unity mindset, um, and it's a day-to-day practice and yeah. not to say that, you know, my ego doesn't get involved sometimes. It certainly <laughs> does, but I have many more moments now than I did 20 years ago in being able to hold that piece and not get so wrapped up in the drama. Yeah. So
0: kind of stemming off that last question a little bit, and speaking of my own personal journey with yoga and meditation, even kind of diving into loving kindness, you actually write about lasting happiness
1: and real love. So how do you define these? Well, lasting happiness is that joy that we feel deep in our being, even when things are not going as we would like them to be going on the outside. So. For instance, I was just traveling back from an extended period of time overseas. I got to first stop into the U.S., JFK, and was on a seven-hour delay. <laughs> um, as I felt a sickness coming in, I, you can oh. probably hear in my voice a little bit of hoarseness, so still getting over a cold and bronchitis. And, you know, it, it I, that is not how I would have liked things to have gone on right. my ministry, <laughs> um, But, you know, I was able to kind of go find a quiet place within the airport lounge and just uh, go into my meditation space within because I have learned how to draw my energy in no matter where I am and just kind of go into the stillness and conserve my energy and bubble myself in a way that. I didn't get involved with all the running around and people in all their craziness and upset because there was a lot of upset people from that delayed flight. Um, And sorry, I've lost track a little bit of the question, but just to kind of wrap up that thought is that um, the happiness, the joy I can tap into that. I've learned how to tap into that through my meditation and and find the peace within that sort of temple of stillness and peace within, even when things are are chaotic and not going the way I want them to externally. So yeah. ho- hopefully that answered your question.
0: Yeah, part. Yeah, that's the other part of it was uh, how do you define
1: real love, then as well. Well, that is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> for which I wrote an entire book called Breathing Love, Meditation in Action. It's my second book. And, uh, you know, I really go deeply into this question because it's a big one. And the modern world loves to put a whole lot of images and a whole lot of definitions around love, uh, most of which are are false, in my opinion. Um, But love is our true nature. Love is the Uh, as Paramahansa Yogananda says, it is the harmonizing energy of the universe. It is what draws us into connection and alignment, both with ourself and with others. It is not self-serving. It is not getting what we want from other people. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I think there's a a longer list of what love is not. um, Most of which what we see in the world and in movies and songs and everything else today uh, but love really is just our, our pure essence. And that's what we're tapping into, or at least t- attempting to tap into in meditation, that's what I'm trying to tap into in meditation, and then bring that forward so that when I'm loving someone in front of me in my world today, I'm not doing it for a a personal gain, you know, what is it that they're, how are they serving me? How are they feeding my ego? Blah, blah, blah. But really just knowing that we are equal and connected at that, um, standpoint of pure energy.
0: Awesome. So I always kind of ask this question last and, you know, I've had a variety of answers, you know, and I think it's, it's going to be personal in a certain way for everyone. Um, so especially since last year was very life-changing for many of us, what do you feel is the most valuable lesson that you learned during 2020?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. In fact, it was something that I was asking people as I was traveling overseas recently, because I really wanted to hear even outside of the U.S., you know, how, how people in Europe were coming off of the pandemic year, what the takeaways were, um, what the integration was. And I think it's still a work in progress for everyone. I know it is for me. Um, but I think personally, the my answer would be that life is so fragile and I am not, no longer interested in draining my energy into things that do not hold my full love. So I'm, really in a personal moment of shifting out of a lot of shoulds and into a lot of because I love it. (laughs) And we'll see where that takes me, but that's, that's the takeaway right now for me. Oh, I, I really
0: like that because I feel like beforehand I was drifting into a burnout mode and, um, it was drifting away from the practices that I, that I truly loved. And I think this, um, this, that was a huge clue to kind of not get back into that space again and do, as you say, just kind of really, you know, really hone in on what really
1: matters. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, the, the world loves to tell us all the things that we should be doing, especially when it comes to marketing our businesses or being on social media or, you know, all yeah. the imagery, but it, it does lead to burnout. That's for sure. Yeah. And if it's not love infused and love informed, then it's not going to take us where we want to go anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate your time and energy today and I hope that you feel better soon. Um, thank you. So thank you again for being a guest here on the podcast. So um, yeah, take care. Thanks so have, much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you, Laura. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jenny. And as always, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends.